All right, we're here again in the studio. Come on, Paul. So um, we're back from the summer. Yep. It's been eager uh, to start. Eager to start. Uh, strange enough, the world hasn't stopped whilst we've been gone. Ah. Um, Didn't everyone so, go on uh, vacation? That was so <laughs> well, uh, some of them did. Some of them have been working very hard, as, as, as far as I can tell. I got back, opened up my computer, and then it's like, oh, look, a 5G network. Another 5G network. Ooh, They've been popping up all over the world. Happened. So, should we start off with some uh, just... Say hello to our listeners. Say hello to our listeners. And we are trying to make this uh, podcast a little bit more structured. We have that aim, at least. Uh, so, what are we talking about today? We are uh, going to cover what's happened in the summer of uh, 5G summer of 2019. Yeah. Recap on uh, on what's been going on. Mm-hmm. Some of the talk, most talk, important highlights. The most important yeah, highlights. Yeah, especially gonna, we're, we're Germany and China. Germany and China. Mm-hmm. We thought we'd, uh, we'd have a look at those because mm-hmm. there's been some things going on there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we're also have a guest with us today. Yes. Um, in my day job, when I'm not talking podcasting, uh, I work with analyst relations. So it's a big privilege for me to have uh, one of our industry analyst uh, colleagues or clients or whatever we like to call them, influencers, uh, who's uh, mm-hmm. going to be here in the studio and talk to us about uh, what what he sees from the operator and the world outside. Yeah. So, so, so that's what we're going to cover today. Yep. Yeah. Um, a piece on the news mm-hmm. and uh, some a bit more general chit-chat then about uh, well, what's really happening and what, what's, uh, what are the operators up to and how do they view what's, what's happening with 5G. Yeah. And to recap, what are we doing here and why are we here? Um, well, that's a good question. <laughs> why are we here? <laughs> I'm sure philosophers around the world have pondered that question for, for well, many, 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 many years. Paul, you've but, been uh, up the highest mountain in Sweden during the summer, so I guess you I, I've, I've you, had you, you had that little bit of zen. A, a little bit of zen perspective. Uh, it, it was hard work, though. This zen thing is, is, is not all it's uh, cracked was it? So it wasn't the Himalayan experience? It wasn't then, Himala- it wasn't. Well, no, it wasn't the Himalayan experience. Okay. And there's no Shazam uh, moment. Darn, but I, I saw that uh, actually they have now announced that the southern peak of Kebnekaise, the highest mountain in Sweden, is now lower than the north. So ah. I, I guess you just made it. I just made it. <laughs> just, made yeah, just, to, just to clarify for the people <laughs> listening who have no idea what yeah, We're not is. making any sense there. <laughs> the highest mountain in Sweden is called Kebnekaise. It's about uh, 1,000 kilometers from Stockholm, 600 miles or something thereabouts. Uh, and it has two peaks. One of them is rocky, and the other one has got this uh, glacier piece on top. Mm. And the glacier piece is slowly getting smaller, so it's it's uh, it's been decreasing in size. And as Giannini says, now if you want to go to the highest top of the highest peak, it's got more difficult because you have to get to the southern top and then go on to the northern top. Oh. Or, well, I can't remember. There's a, it's not as easy to get to the other one. Oh. People don't go there so often. And you just made it to the southern top this summer. Just before, before it melted, it melted, uh, melted a bit. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. Yeah. So you've Thank been you there, uh, you've had Zen, or not We've really, but yeah. uh, why so, are we here? Yeah, so hello and welcome to the voice of 5G. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we're, yeah, we're, a, we're a podcast. Yeah. And uh, we're focusing on 5G, mm-hmm. uh, the latest generation yes, of, of, our, uh, of uh, mobile networks. Yeah, and as our name on, indicates, the voice yeah, of 5G. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Cunning that. <laughs> so we, we and we want to really talk to technology interested people mm. to explain what the technology is all about, and uh, but also to to keep up to date on what's happening with five G, with the rollout, with the technology, how it's being used, for instance, for industries and the things that are happening in 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 the the bits around the 5G network as well. Mm. And so, I think... So uh, kind of all aspects. Yeah, and I think uh, we can also say that we have, we see our roles in this as being your entertainers, of course, talking about uh, <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> climbing like, up mountains and stuff. Like, like most but topics, also... Yeah, sorry. I was going to say, like most topics, the more you know about a topic, the more you understand there's lots that you don't know. Yeah. Uh, which is why we have guests like yes. Daryl. Yes. So we, we invite guests... We talk to guests and we are also working with this. So we're also like interested in this topic. So it's uh, so Paul is the industry analyst relations person. So you talk, you have to know a lot about what Ericsson is doing and what's happening out there. And I work with social media. Uh, so I have to know what's actually being talked about yeah. sometimes. So, so, so we so hope that we have some sort of like message that we can bring to the audience and yeah, so <laughs> to make so sense for a tech interested person i have a kind of the, the perfect job because i go and talk to all of ericsson's experts about about uh, what's happening and what they're working with mm. so that we can talk with the industry analysts who talk with uh, other vendors and other operators and, uh, and regulators about what their needs are and build a picture of what's happening in the industry so i kind of sit with this information flow of what's going on in 5G. Yeah, it is. So, so we're in the middle of things uh, and uh, we're yeah, we're trying 5G. to yeah, we're trying to talk 5G with you guys. So, let's jump into today's topic. Today's topic. Topics. Um, topics. topics. Yeah, hmm? where do you want to start, Janine? Maybe we're, uh, we're going to talk about Germany and China, but but maybe just a little snippet of really really current news. Uh, uh, or a couple of things happening in, in the US because mm-hmm. uh, I saw that uh, AT&T operator over there has struck a deal with American Tower mm-hmm. um, American Tower is a company that owns and runs uh, mobile mast sites locations to put uh, uh, mobile equipment so they've struck a deal with them which is going to help them to find new sites and, and to be able to roll out uh, network equipment in the yeah. years going forward Mm-hmm. And obviously, um, so American Tower they own a lot of. Yeah, masks I mean, I think, it, I think a lot of people assume that the towers that you see with with mobile antennas on mm-hmm. that they all belong to the operators. Yeah, and that's not really for quite a few years back that that maybe was the case, uh, but increasingly there's a third party that owns the sites and they rent space on them for the for the antennas. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that third party makes the deals with the house owners and the, and the, yeah, wh- whatever, where you put the antennas, yeah? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the way it works. Mm-hmm. So so if an operator wants to roll out network, they need places to put it. They mm-hmm. go to a company like American Tower and say, we need to talk. And, okay. uh, and they are doing. Mm-hmm. Those were the small news, but we wanted to news. talk about uh, Germany and China. So yeah, should we start off with uh, China? I think mm-hmm. we'll talk with China. Yeah, what um, has happened? Um, well, China is interesting because uh, we've we've talked about China before, and back in the spring, China Unicom was saying we, we were we waiting for them to go live. Yeah, to go live, and we've still not seen that. No, um, but uh, this is how we understand the uh, situation in China. So, if you're listening from China, 
uh, then uh, you know, feel free to mail us if you, yeah. if you know something more. Uh, but um, uh, the you know the the Chinese have been very active and they've put a lot of resources into uh, doing pilot uh, network testing. Yes. On, uh, on uh, 5G. They are rolling on out a, a lot of uh, uh, on pilot networks. On a fairly networks. large scale. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in, in multiple cities with quite a lot of base stations. Mm -hmm. uh, but they've not yet gone as far as I know to like full commercial networks. Mm -hmm. There may be net pockets of pockets of networks which are being used for with their users. Um, but that's going to change because by the end of this year they've got fairly aggressive targets in terms of rolling out base stations. Uh, in China, mm -hmm. China's a pretty big base place. So yes, it is. We're talking big numbers of base stations, mm. but there will be an awful lot more coming next year. But uh, if we take some examples, then uh, from uh, China Daily reports that uh, China Mobile is uh, going to roll out somewhere between thirty and fifty thousand base stations in f across fifty cities by yeah. the end of this year, mm -hmm. uh, and that's quite a lot of base stations. Uh, just to put that in perspective. Uh, Korea, which have which have been rolling out, I think the last figure I heard for Korea was that they had over eighty thousand base stations in total. In total, mm. um, over because it's I guess it's continuing. Uh, so it's it's not quite on the Korea scale yet, but uh, once they've started, that will accelerate. Mm -hmm. uh, but in addition to China Mobile, of course, you have China Unicom. They're promising twenty thousand base stations in thirty three cities, and China Telecom, who also. Uh, talking about twenty thousand base stations in forty cities. Mm. So, and these are these are numbers that's like said to be rolled out during this year. So it's just a couple of months to go. So there's uh, only a few months left. Um, by the end of this year, yeah, it's something like ninety thousand, uh, seventy to ninety thousand base stations. Wow, big country though. It's big, big country. Big so country. So that will will not make a very big red coverage dot on the on the map but uh, it's a lot of base stations and yeah interesting um, to hear mm? Mm? Germany Germany yeah Germany's uh, been very busy whilst we've been on vacation yeah I just read that they gone live well Deutsche Telekom went live today went live today yeah the biggest operator in Germany I think yeah, we can say al although if you actually they've actually been trialing in Berlin since July mm -hmm. so uh, yeah they went live today in five cities Berlin, Munich, Köln, Bonn, and da Darmstadt. And you know what I'm going to ask? Handsets. And uh, do you know what the answer is? They have uh, Samsung Galaxy. And, and uh, Huawei uh, oh. Mate 20. <laughs> yes. And the HTC 5G Hub. Yes. Ah. See, I can read as well. So they are going live, and we look forward to hearing from some German friends. Yeah. Uh, what's happening and how it's performing? Oh, exactly. Mm -hmm. but, but some more details. There's, uh, there's some more details on, on what they're doing. Okay. We've got uh, five cities, which, mm -hmm. I, which I just gave. Across those five cities, they've got something like um, just under 130 antenna sites. Um, and uh, about half of those are in Berlin, uh, where they've got something like six square kilometers of, of uh, coverage. Uh, and the other half is spread between those cities, and then the city of Hamburg and Leipzig uh, should also come on stream by the end of the year, where they're expecting somewhere around 300 sites by the end of the year. Okay, so, so that's you have to be there. You have to be there. So compare that maybe to our friends in, in China, who, mm. who, who have a lot more space to cover. Yeah. 
Uh, but but uh, that's actually only one of the things that's been happening in China cause, because, of course, uh, Vodafone, um, only a couple of weeks back, Vodafone in Germany, they're also live with yep. 5G. But we've seen a number of other interesting things in Germany uh, when it comes to using 5G for industries, mm -hmm. which, of course, is one of the interesting things that differentiates 5G from 4G is the fact it won't just be used for consumers, it's got a role to play in uh, uh, industry is, uh, in different uh, verticals, everything yes. from um, connected vehicle networks and uh, to things like manufacturing. And this is what we talk about when we talk about, for instance, Internet of Things, IoT, uh, that things to be connected. Yeah. Mm? And we have an episode on that. Yes. <laughs> but uh, if you think about, well, you know, where's the intersection then between connected cars and manufacturing? Mm. Uh, car manufacturing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so over the summer, we actually had you know, two different projects. Um, one with, um, let me just check, one with Vodafone in Germany uh, with a company called Ego, making electric cars uh, in Aachen. Uh, and one with uh, Mercedes and uh, Telefonica in Germany in the Mercedes new Mercedes factory, uh, what they call Factory 56. Uh, right. And that's using 5G indoors. So we've been talking about uh, like national deployments of, of 5G networks for consumers. Now we're talking about 5G deployments indoors uh, in a factory environment. Uh, to be able to use it for connecting machines, industrial robots. Uh, they have these automatic guided vehicles that go around the shop floor with components and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So We actually really talked about this in our last episode. Yeah, yeah we mentioned it then. Really, really so things stuff. are brewing in Germany, ready, in for, Germany. ready for Oktoberfest. <laughs> ready for Oktoberfest? Oh, yes. <laughs> of course, let's go. <laughs> my my <Octoberfest>. joke <laughs> fell completely flat there. Good um, to know that we are really on hope, now. <laughs> but let's hope the beer is not flat. <laughs> it never is. Not German beer. Uh, and <laughs> British beer, though. Oh, never no, mind. That, that we depends, <laughs> depends where in Britain you are. Then. We if we are further north. You have to have good head on your beer. <laughs> we are for okay. Good. Good to know. I I need to move further north. Uh, we, we are keeping, actually, a thread here, because we will talk a little bit about beers with Daryl as well. Any <laughs> so, moment now. Any moment now. Uh, first of all, let's uh, do some thank you for, for emails. We will make sure that we will uh, reach out to you, the ones we haven't answered yet. Sorry about that. Uh, but if you have uh, topics or if you want to ask us questions or just reach out to us, we are on Twitter, but uh, you can also email us on 5Gpodcast at ericsson.com. That's 5Gpodcast in one word at ericsson, C with two S's, dot com. So shall we move over to the interview with Daryl Schooler? studio now we have a special guest we have daryl scholar of ovum is that the right name did i pronounce it okay yes you got everything right good job <laughs> good job oh yeah. so one point for janina yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what are you doing here 
<laughs> and are we talking in the broader spectrum of 50 plus years or are we talking this week? Hmm. Well, I saw on, on Twitter yeah. that you like microbreweries, so we might yeah. uh, need to come back <laughs> right. to that later. But let's start off with what, you, what you're doing here this week. Well, I was invited to come here to Ericsson this week and to share with them my vision of 2030, how the world's going to change between now and 2030 around mobile communications, technologies, and what it means for Ericsson. Oh, that's ah. some big topics there. Yes. So, so you work for Ovum, which yes. is an analyst uh, right. company. What do you do there? Do you, do you sit around doing strategies for... Oh, we do a whole bunch of stuff. Me personally, you know, there's a lot of email, there's a lot of conference calls. But no, my main pro well, focus is yeah. really, yeah, is on mobile communications, the networks itself. So I spend a lot of my time looking at companies like Ericsson and your peer companies, kind of tracking where you are in the market, making estimates on how big your business is, how you're doing in gaining traction. Also doing advisory work in terms of, you know, what should you go to market strategy be? What do you need to say to the operators? And on the other hand, I spend a lot of times with the operators, what I describe as changing tech engineer speak into human language. In terms of trying to explain <laughs> to them when they have different vendors in their ears, bombarding them with acronyms and roadmaps and things of that nature. What does it really mean? What do we think the roadmap really looks like? Mm -hmm. And help them with some of the questions they need to be asking. Okay. Uh, what are they asking, <laughs> by the way? <laughs> well, I'm some of them, I'm sure you already know you already tackled. I mean, of course, the big question is how do we make money from this when it mm -hmm. comes to 5G in particular? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that remains a, a, a big topic of question. I mean, the consumer side is obviously very tough to deal with. That's really like a mass market. A lot of it's based on connectivity. So a lot of them are looking towards the enterprise market. But the challenge they face there is you say enterprise, well, there's hundreds of enterprise verticals you could go after in niches. So they are in position so where, of... So where do you start? Right, yeah, yeah. where do you start? I mean, because it can be overwhelming. And, mm. and for consumers, of course, you can sell 5G to consumers, but you still have to put money up front to make it happen. So, right, so what's right. So what's the payback? Yes. Um, in my opinion, actually, a lot of the early payback on the consumer side is really for the operator going to be really brand management, market share management. As you moved, like, say, from 3G to 4G, if you went back and looked at operators' revenues, there was a more even mix between fixed and mobile services. But during the 4G era, it definitely shifted a lot more towards mobile. So, I mean, that is, they have to constantly protect that revenue stream, meaning if your competitor gets out there with 5G, you've got to quickly follow along. So in some ways, that may not be the best type of ROI that they're looking forward to explain to the person, the CFO, but it is a reality of their world that they cannot get too far behind. Their investors expect to see a 5G story. I think that's, uh, that's, that's something that we've seen when, <coughs> when, when Spectrum licenses come out. Yeah. Then, uh, you know, then, then the race starts, the, the, right. like who's going to be in the market first, because mm -hmm. that's the guy that, that wants to grab the, the, the pioneer consumers yeah. that want 5G. Right. So, I mean, that's kind of like your short front. It gives you a, a beachhead, gives an operator a beachhead into 5G in terms of maybe it's just the marketing part of it. And then there's also a network efficiencies that can help some on the OPEX side as well. But if they don't do that, they can't do anything else. If they're going to wait until they're sure of a giant business case in an industry vertical with standalone 5G and network slicing and MEC and all that, if they wait until all that's in place, it's, in many cases, it's going to be too late. They've got to mm. start now because... 
they have to realize that 5G <laughs> is going to be a long process. And so while certainly they've been bedazzled by all these talks about new services and use cases and revenue streams, those don't happen overnight. You have to start somewhere. And so where you start is actually very simplistically right there at that base station and start building your network. But oh. it's, it's a bit like running a startup. <coughs> yes. So you, you know, you can't, you can't run a startup and, and wait until you've got a finished fantastic product. You get the, right. your, your minimal uh, viable product out into the market and, and start building your customer base. Absolutely. Yeah. They, mm. can't, they can't expect day one to be profitable and growing massive revenues. They have to start. They have to make the investment. And that's really where we are right now is that mm. investment part. Mm. Yeah, which is like, it is an uphill. Yes. But, uh, but do, do, do you see operators out there getting this, like starting to move into these new areas and, and of 5G? Honestly, I mean, the, what you see right now is just them kind of getting into just the deployment and investment part. Probably when I look at the globally where some of the thinking is, I mean, you see some stuff in South Korea. I believe it was LGU Plus talked about doing a, a smart port recently. Mm -hmm. Right. Obviously, yeah. the, the Chinese operators, while they haven't really deployed yet, they've been very much talking about you know how they want to start with standalone if they can and go straight into the enterprise and focus on that. The United States, where I'm from, they've been really more focused in that startup mode, in my opinion. Uh, also, Verizon a little bit different. We're trying to do fixed wireless access. Yep. But I do think it might be that's a lot closer to just mobility connection than, say, more of the advanced use cases. But they are starting to look in that area. But to find those nuggets. Right. Mm -hmm. But, uh, th again, that's going to take a while in, in terms of finding those nuggets. So it's really in the exploratory phase right mm -hmm. now. I think it's probably going to be probably three years or so before you really see more solid plans and scaling up of commercial solutions. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's what we usually say here. Like, yeah. we, we don't even know perhaps right. what will take off in yeah. the future. So mm. it's, uh, but, but, but you do see in, in, in see. places like Korea, <coughs> mm -hmm. they're, they're saying very aggressive things about how yes. quickly they're going to roll out. Right. Yeah. And uh, as Switzerland as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, some markets seem to mm. be really on the go for mm. this. Yeah. But I, mean, I think one of the challenges they also have there is like, so there's something that, you know, obviously, Eric's can help in deploying networks. Mm. But the other part is for the operators to create the channels to go to these new markets, find the right people that can speak those languages and doing sales. And finding talent takes a long time. And that's the other thing that they're, they're struggling with is in terms of, you know, how do they go to market? Who do they find? Who can they turn around that used to sell gigabits of data but can now talk about putting together a custom manufacturing solution with all the cloud robotics and everything else that, you know, eventually I think we'll see. Yeah. And it, just it, it is interesting that when you, when you move from different in different verticals, mm -hmm. different industries. We, we work in in telecoms. We have all this kind of telecoms tech language. Uh, you move to something that's not so very far away, like computing. They can have completely different terms that mean oh, more, yeah. or less, more or less the same thing. And the same is true if you go into manufacturing. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the, you have to be able to talk the right language, or the the message yeah. doesn't get across. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We see that even within our own uh, business at Oven, where you have the enterprise group and then you have those of us that follow service providers. And we definitely speak a different language. We may sometimes use the same acronyms, but they mean very different things and have very different uh, ecosystems around them. Yeah, mm. of course. Uh, so do you call yourself an influencer? If you were like the go-between between the 
operators or service providers and uh, companies like Ericsson, who's like a telecom equipment provider. Yeah. Are you an influencer? Well, I don't think I like that term. <laughs> that puts me at the same level as maybe one of uh, Bruce Jenner's offspring or gives me images that I'm like on Instagram or something, you know, lovingly Follow stroking the Ericsson dot or something. <laughs> I, you know, I, a communicator, uh, I certainly, you know, work with plenty of companies, operators, and vendors in terms of trying to help them shape their message, message testing, and, you know, working with them in terms of strategy development, which horses to bet on. But I don't think I want to use the term influencer. Perhaps like a, an old school influencer or something, yeah. like before social media was really the, the, the thing. But I mean, you... Are you going to force me into saying yes? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say, are, is yes the only way to end this line of conversation? No, definitely not. I would just say that yeah. perhaps you have, you're, I mean, you are, a, you're here because you're you have right. a, like, I have a voice, yes, in have, the industry. You have a voice, yes. Yeah. I have a voice in the industry, yes. Yeah. Which is a good reason to have you on the voice of 5G. <laughs> yes. yes. My next very important question is, mm -hmm. have you used 5G yourself? No, I haven't. <gasps> no, not at all. But you're from the U.S., well, you got to find it first. <laughs> <laughs> you have to live in the right city and perhaps yeah. even in the right area. And maybe city. the right square block. I mean, yeah. in some cases yeah. it might be easier for me to find a leprechaun. We, uh, we, we, we have 5G here. <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> I don't have a phone. There's no commercial <laughs> service. But, uh, Come on, we it's, only have tests. It's, it's uh, yeah. been up on the wall outside yeah. for two or three years. So. Yeah. Probably my best bet might be like Sprint right now, since they're deploying in the 2.5 band. It should be more coverage. I heard they have it in Phoenix, but still haven't tested it or seen it yet. After, mm. When I get back home, maybe I'll go through their retail stores and see what they have available. Mm. Yeah, because we're, we're yeah. looking forward to trying it yeah. ourselves <laughs> eventually, but it's not in Sweden yet. So. Uh, I guess we all have to take a side trip to Switzerland. Yeah. Mm. Sure. Or, uh, or, or, or all over the place. The UK yeah. is... Uh, I mean, now, now it's starting to roll out. Right. But yeah, Switzerland is at least aiming for, for the complete country coverage uh, during this year. Yeah. But I thought uh, there was this pop cover, like 80 to 90. Yeah. yeah. It's not, not total geographical. Yeah. It's, pop it's one of those wireless weasel terms. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right about well, that. But, but it's, always, uh, it's always been the case that geographical co coverage is... It's hard to do. There's not much money. That's true. But from Up talking to the press, you'd be amazed how many people think those are both the exact same thing. Yeah. When they hear an operator or someone say, we have 80%, 90% coverage, they're looking at the map, not looking at where people live. Yeah. 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 So, so maybe we should actually explain what's the difference between geographical coverage and population coverage. Mm -hmm. is, is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean... <laughs> And, and, and what happens is when you have an operator gets a license and they get a requirement that they have to provide coverage to 90% of the population or 95% of the population. Right. That, that doesn't mean that you have to cover 90% of the country because mm. lots of people live in the towns. Right. Lots of people live in the cities. So if you're living in a little cottage in the middle of a remote forest somewhere, chances are you're not going to get good coverage. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> Well, that's, that's the price you pay for your isolation. Yeah. <laughs> but, but maybe that's actually, if you live out there, maybe you think that's an advantage. But, you know. Well, obviously, the isolation's an advantage to them. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, you know if, if that's the choice that they make, that they want to live remotely. Sometimes you have to make other types of sacrifices. <laughs> yeah. But, but I actually have a view that when, uh, when, you st when we start to use 5G for industrial use cases and th you know, things like right. automotive use cases yeah. means 
if I want to use my car connected to the network, the network needs to be where the roads are. Right. Most houses are connected to the roads. Yes. So, so you know, you start to see a business case for extending coverage yes. into areas where right. there was no money to have coverage before. Yeah. yeah. And even mines. I mean, even mines. Yeah. Not many people live in the mines. No. That's true, but. People live around mines. People live around mines. Yes. People yeah, work. I yeah. Mm. I know where I'm in Arizona, they use cellular already out there in the large copper mines outside of Globe, Arizona, mm. generally to move around the big uh, earth movers mm. To, mm. to go do digging. It's no longer, you know, the guy in the hard hat. It's somebody sitting up in a crane remotely controlling a bunch of vehicles around a giant field. Cool. You've already seen that because we've yes. already heard about it. Oh, so. no. Yeah. You can drive nice. right by. It's nice. out in the open. Mm. Really cool, mm -hmm. yeah. Looking forward to seeing yeah. more of that because I mean, it must mm -hmm. be better to to be in the fresh air of a yes. of a nice, comfy office than being down in the under hundred meters of soil or something. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> mm. I think we've seen yeah. the same thing in 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 ports as well. Uh, yeah, talking about that yeah. LG Plus that you mentioned before. Mm. I mean, we did a, a trial in in China uh, uh, with connected cargo mm -hmm. in a port. So I mean, yeah. Yeah, but but these great big cranes that they use for um, transporting containers. Yes. No, they 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 that's also something you don't necessarily these days have to sit in the crane. Mm -hmm. You sit remotely and and manage the crane. So they need good connectivity between what's happening in the crane. Right. Uh, and the the man that's steering the levers. Oh yes, them. yes. Mm. And I think you're absolutely right. It's not the cargo alone. It's like all the things. It's in everything the, going in, in board, and out. Yeah. Mm. So it's like, yeah, remote steering and, and uh, but also like controlling and, and measuring and, and stuff. Yeah. And stuff. But, so. but how do you see things with, with industries? Are they like awake and aware to what 5G could do for them in two, three years' time? I think the automotive is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you certainly, I think it's Germany where they're pushing to get some of their own spectrum. I think they're very woken up to the idea of wireless connectivity. I don't think they have a religion, so it could be 5G, probably be 5G, but if it's something else, I don't think they particularly care, but they are very woke to that. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, certainly, you know, you're going to see it, like, definitely, the question is, how does it roll out? I mean, I think a lot of, like, you know, countries have aging populations. You're going to see a lot of stuff starting there with connected in terms of getting people to the doctor, getting them to grocery stores. Critical communications is definitely another way where you're seeing interest, especially because of the low latency and the Q of S that comes with it. You're starting to see a push there. And I think also with some things with manufacturing. Just, just when you look at the number of trials that are going on, Seems yeah, like we you have, know we have some of those. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and manufacturing as a whole, I think, things worth talking about. It is a lot more high tech, sophisticated than people give it credit for. Because a lot of times, if you ask people like manufacturing, they want to picture something a little bit beyond a sweatshop, a bunch of people lined up like sewing jeans and shirts. But there's this whole high tech manufacturing that, by itself, whether it's 5G or whatever, the actual processes itself is more like working a computer very software intensive in terms of changing out the designs rather quickly. You've seen in terms of the people working there, a, a shift in the education that's required to even be part of this. Mm. Basically, a lot of people there are somewhat of an IT computer software that's, degree. That's, to that's work today's working class. Yes, it is. Mm. And, and you're also talking again about what we call more like high value, high margin.
mm. type things. Again, so it's not going to be your sock manufacturing, but say the makers of medical equipment, things that have to be done to thousands of an inch or whatever translates for you who use a different <laughs> measuring system. But, but this is high-value stuff. Uh, so, so, microns so, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, right. So this is high-value type thing. So, yes, I mean, I think in the manufacturing side. Yeah. And utilities as well. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, like you mean uh, electricity? Or, yes, yeah? yes, mm -hmm. the grid, um, meter reading. You know, that's been going on for a while. Mm -hmm. yeah, Certainly utilities move somewhat slow. inspection using yes. drones. Mm -hmm. That's yes. one that seems to crop up a lot. Mm -hmm. Right. So lots of opportunities. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. But the drone's a good idea because then you look at where I come from the United States, a lot of those natural gas and gasoline and oil pipelines, they go yeah. across hundreds of miles in the desert mm. to get to cities. Yeah. So, I mean. It's, it's it, not so easy to only send a helicopter, but that's, that's yeah. kind of and I, and I have, and, I, and you know, we, we definitely have had some breakdowns in pipes and leaks. Now you've been here for mm -hmm. a couple of days or? Yes. Yeah. Two. Two days. Exactly mm. a couple. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so what what messages have you given to Ericsson that, that you feel has been embraced or <laughs> I don't know about embraced. I mean it's very it's very uh, quickly to <laughs> say anything has been embraced. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the messages I talked to is one, I think you know, when you look at mobile development, it's really kind of going from you know, it used to be we talk about doing it in decades, but that's accelerating uh, 4G came in about a year before it should have, or you would have originally expected five years, two years. Unfortunately, the next one's probably going to come in two or three years ahead. So you're kind of going from a generational, or at least if you look at a decade as a generational type cycle, it is speeding up to the point it's almost constant innovation. So that's one of the messages I certainly more gave. and faster so, innovation. Yeah. So, yes. So the, so the fact that. Five G is being rolled out much faster than four G. Mm -hmm. That's a good thing because it means that you might actually be ready with five G by the time you get to start rolling out six G. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so there, yes, there will be definitely a lot of overlap there, as I showed yeah. yesterday, in terms of the different uh, generations living together in cycles. But yeah, I mean, so that's a good thing. One, it means that uh, yeah, the investment cycle is going to come and come quicker. The downside is that peak can go away much quicker as well. So that's where you really have to think about what else can Ericsson do to continue to offset that peak. Is it rolling out 6G quicker? Is it, you know, on the more consultative side in terms of helping operators decide which vertical to pick? Is it Ericsson taking more of a lead in terms of developing not the ecosystem just around the technology, but the ecosystem around the service provider themselves? Yeah. Eco ecosystems, I think that's a, yeah. that's a very yeah. interesting and important yeah. word. Yeah, and yes. around the service writer, that sounds right. interesting. But, uh, uh, yeah. you know, one of the things that we we see a lot also when it comes to rolling out 5G, and we, mm -hmm. that we've talked about a lot, is, you know, what's happening with devices, what's happening with handsets? They seem to be somewhat sparse. Uh, they also, you know, probably come of a high price point. But the indication that I've gotten so far is to expect the prices around handsets will should or should say are expected to drop quicker than they did around 4G handsets. I think a lot of people are kind of waiting for the next generation chipsets coming out that can do more spectrum bands uh, yep. yeah. and that can also do either non-standalone or standalone mm -hmm. communications yep. versus what you have now is a little bit kind of a dead-end device in terms of it generally only does like one band <laughs> oh come on! The people who are buying these I already think we know said that. that yeah, already. The people who are buying this already know this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's a tra traditional tra transitional phase, not a traditional, but it's a transitional right. phase. Exactly. I mean, that's the first thing that you get. Like, okay, yeah. this phone is like the first generation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, if you want to be that early innovator within your, your circle of friends mm -hmm. and peers, you've got to take the technology hit and the cost hit. Yeah. Just like if you want to live out in a cabin by yourself, <laughs> you've got to take the convenience hit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, nothing's free. Yeah. yeah. When it comes to... Um, the development now, because mm -hmm. uh, Paul and I, we've been off for a few months yeah. here <laughs> in the yeah, podcast. Yeah, what's, what's, what's happened whilst yeah, we've been on holiday? Yeah. Around the world. What can you see? What trends? Or how do you see Ericsson in this area? How are we doing? <laughs> Sorry, you know, you don't have to answer something. if you don't want. Uh, don't, don't, don't give him any mean questions. <laughs> yes. Um, I'll just cut it out, Paul. Well, I mean, it's only two months. The trends don't develop that quickly, <laughs> other than the fact that everybody keeps pushing out a new metric of their success. Well, I think, it, well, yeah. if I remember last, last uh, podcast, we talked yeah. about, like, China. What's right. happening in China? It's a big com com country. Yes. And uh, what's happening there? Is anything happening with 5G there? China is always a mystery in terms of, obviously, you know, all indications they should be deploying commercially by the end of this year. I know the Spectrum's been awarded, um, but a curveball just came out in terms of China Telecom and Unicom talking about doing infrastructure sharing, at even with active network components. Mm -hmm. So that definitely could be a curveball for you folks here and all your other competitors. If you have two of the largest operators there talking about how they can cut costs on equipment. Mm -hmm. I guess that's uh, something we need to take into yeah. consideration, but uh, yeah. South Korea? They did the same, right? They the didn't do it on the RAN. They did it more on the optical part of the network in terms mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. The China discussion that I've seen seems to be, it's talking about going all the way out to the radio. Mm. Mm. But I think Korea was coordinated in terms of when they came to market. So yes. they, the nation got a, right. got a 5G service straight away. Yes, but there, and yeah. the, there was still com competition at the access layer. Mm. While in China, between telecom and unicom, it looks like they're possibly willing just to share the actual radios themselves. Mm -hmm. mm. Which, of course, we've been doing in Sweden yeah. <laughs> since 3G, I think. Oh. Uh, now, there's been a, a national infrastructure company, or joint at least two of the operators in Sweden yeah. have a joint company which actually owns the infrastructure. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, network sharing, I mean, that's not specific to 5G, but that's definitely becoming yeah. a bigger trend that we get asked about all the time mm. in terms of is it going up or who's sharing with what? Mm. How's it impacted CapEx? Yeah. Mm. Interesting. So mm. I guess we will see more of that further on this year. Anything I else that's happened lately? Well, <laughs> I mean, er well, we already <laughs> talked about it. Everybody's excited about Swisscom <laughs> or Switzerland yeah. with their coverage in South Korea. Everybody's looking at that. In the United States, T-Mobile and Sprint still are kind of stuck in a holding pattern. But they go through one regulatory level of approval and then they find 15 other ones that they have to deal with. So that, yeah. that's uh, the the proposed merger, right? Yeah. Yes, and and that's where where if if they're allowed to merge, then they actually end up with quite a good set of spectrum assets. Fantastic yeah. set, yes. Mm. 
but that continues to drag out and mm -hmm. looks like there might be, you know, slowing down existing already plans that they had in terms of deploying. At least that's what they're saying in the press right now. Other trends, some of them are still the same. There seems to be some geopolitical things going on these of days. Of course, as mm -hmm. always. And that, that, that shifts every morning with a breakfast. So... <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to say the B word then. Paul <laughs> <laughs> well, wanted to talk Brexit with you. <laughs> sure, that's going that's, I don't know how much that's really going to impact this part. Other than, you know, it gives people an excuse to delay making other decisions. I think it's just Paul's favorite topic at the moment. Uh, I, imagine. <laughs> I imagine. I imagine. I'm just biting my fingernails and waiting to see what happens between yeah. now and the end of October. Yeah, yeah. yes. Uh, should we instead talk about microbreweries? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a safer <laughs> subject, isn't it? Uh, Let's go from Yeah, so have you tried some beers when you've been here in Sweden? I haven't had a chance. Uh, my account manager has kept me running around nonstop. Oh. Uh -huh. yeah. But uh, you've been here before? Yes. Plenty of times? We yeah, have a few times, yeah? yes. Well, what do you think of the place? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. I'm coming from 110 degrees. It's fantastic. <laughs> the weather's much nicer here this time of year than what I'm used to. It's always great to visit. Yeah, Sweden. yeah in Stockholm. In Stockholm, it's, yeah. Yes. It's not bad for an old pile. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the city motto? <laughs> Is that how you bring it? Or it will be yeah. very shortly. No, but we, I think we like it too. That's why yeah. we're here. <laughs> so good on you. Yeah. And the... Uh, I think that's it for, for now. Is okay. there anything you want to add to this conversation? Because we're running out of time. Oh, oh um, We're trying to keep it short <laughs> now with our new diary. Well, I guess the only thing I give people <laughs> advice is they just have to be patient <laughs> on this. Yeah. I mean, cause, I mean yeah. some of the stuff you've read, I think they just had totally unrealistic expectations. When some operator says we've turned on a network and they expect to see it over every spot of a city or... They get a handset and they're like, wow, this handset uh, isn't quite as good as I was expecting. The battery stinks or something like that. It's a lot of the exact same complaints you hear every time a new, you know, well, it's WCDMA or LT comes out. Mm -hmm. Just swap out the acronym and start all over again. But people just have to remember that and be patient. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so more patience. I mean, it is yeah. uh, taking off faster than we've ever thought. Oh, yes. But then, of course, there is some... some <laughs> it's going faster <laughs> like than you thought, but people are expecting it to all be done. To be AI all yes. over. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Good uh, final words there from Daryl Schooler. Thank you so much sure, for, thank you. Yeah, for thank joining you, our uh, podcast here. And so, so much fun to have a, <laughs> an actual... Yeah. Or uh, industry <laughs> analyst yes, yes. here in the studio. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. Thank you. And, thank you. and thanks for listening, everyone out there. Bye, Bye. for now. <laughs>